On the podcast today, we will talk about things like climbing trees, being grafted in, all in an effort to help us understand God's love for us, which ultimately frees us to love other people. Um, The heart of this message is really about the gospel, which frees us to even have healthier relationships. It's a great time together. We're thankful that you have joined us. This is After the Message. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, Mark. Hey, Mark. How are we? We are great. Doing great. Doing great. All right. How are you? You good? I'm great. Hey, I just want to point out, this is two weeks in a row that you get to host. Well, I thought about it for a second. I didn't want to do it again, but here's what I did get some feedback on. I took some heat on the opening. Oh, what'd they say? Well, it's like I... Corey said it sounded like I was half asleep. That may not have been exactly what he said. <laughs> Other people said it was they were just kind of laughing because I couldn't find my words. And I was like, well, dead gum. I'm going to do it again. There you go. And I'm going to improve my opening. So Your intro was better. You're my, enunciating your words. Yeah. No, they mean the intro like the welcome to after oh, the sorry. message. message. Oh. Well, you're, so, still, you're still doing good right now. Oh, thank so, you. So what you're saying is... You've got to get that right. Yes. And that's the hardest part of this whole thing. Which is an interesting like fact. Mm-hmm. We do that after we record the initial yes, part. It is. So mm. even though you probably as a listener heard it first, we mm-hmm. record that last. So so you're setting yourself up yeah, for you, you might still be trash. We don't like, know. Well, I, but high I expectations. High expectations. <laughs> high expectations. Right. But I'm not going down without a fight. Nope. <laughs> I mean uh, I fell off the horse last week apparently in my intro. So I'm gonna get back on today. Wouldn't you rather a friend that tells you the truth, though? Yeah. Thank you, Corey. Thank you, Corey. You're so great. Hey, today, Mark, we got some special folk in the room. Yeah, we do. Who the we one and only Melinda Hendricks Melinda! Is here. Melinda! We're so, so glad to have to you. I'm so glad to be here. Yep. Thank you for inviting me. That's awesome. We're And uh, Melinda has been... Yes, partying I have been it up all around over the world. Europe, yeah. it has been wonderful for three weeks. I know y'all missed me. We, we did, did but, crazy. and I'm glad to be back. But I enjoyed every minute of it. I yep. just want y'all to so know. Good. I, I was unplugged. Did. So. did you do a good job, kind of disconnecting? I I think I did. Good. I really think I is did. is that hard for you to unplug? Yes, because mm-hmm. I'm that person that, that, you know, that little red dot that tells you you've got 15 yes. text messages that bothers me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to just lay it aside and leave it there. So did you, did you check them periodically? I did a little bit, okay. but I mean, I internet did. connection was not, yeah. I didn't have that all the mm-hmm. time. So that made it easier. It was only yeah. at night at the hotels mm-hmm. and things like that. I sometimes will hand my phone to Dara and let her read through my messages and let me know. Which like if I'm, on, respond to? if I'm on mm-hmm. ministry leave vacation yeah. and if nobody's dead, then. <laughs> then I get away. It, yeah, like, that'll help. You that'll can wait help. for for this vacation to be over. Hey, so we we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but I mean, you got to visit a lot of different countries. Yes. What did we count? Seven. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. favorite country. Favorite country. Yeah. Oh wow! They were all having a heat wave. Just oh, so y'all wow. know, okay. it was record record heat in France when we were in Paris. Oh, wow. Two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have a but, lot of AC, right? No, they don't. That's unfortunate. And they don't they don't put a lot of ice in your nope. in mm-hmm. your drinks either. So Mm-mm. that's just their culture. But I would say um on this trip Germany was probably oh, yeah. the one that 
I enjoyed. But th- it was all good. I-, I can't say I had any bad experiences. Mm, Food cool. was good. Got to jump into their culture a little bit. I've had plenty of cheese, <laughs> plenty yeah. of bread, yes. baguettes, and croissants. Bread and, and cheese. Man. All I the stuff. But, hey. Lots of fun. I've never yes. been to Germany. That's one of the countries that I really want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, if you're... If your national dish is like a sausage, like I'm in for that country. <laughs> I want I want to be all over that. When I go to Disney World, that's the place I want to go in Epcot. Like there I want to beeline to Germany and I want everything they got. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. What's your favorite international city or country? That I've been to or that I want to go been to? to? Um, that I've ever been to. London is just fun because London is so eclectic, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's that. But when we went to Bangladesh and we flew into the smaller city, it's not the capital city, but it's it's Chittagong. And it was unbelievable because I've never experienced that type of Southeastern Asian mm-hmm. culture. And it was just great. And so uh, in, a, in a country like that, you have both modern, like you would look and say, well, that would be in New York. You, you would mm-hmm. see that in mm-hmm. downtown New York City. Um, but then you you go two blocks over and you think, we are in a remote part of the world. Mm. And I don't know if I get lost here, anybody will ever hear from me again. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, that, that juxtaposition. All right. Yeah. Cool. Sean? Um, hmm. I would say it's, it's kind of a competition, really hard competition between South Africa mm-hmm. and Thailand. Wow. Ooh, that um, all right. For very different reasons. Yeah. South Africa feels really familiar. If you've never been there, it's mm-hmm. a lot of English speaking people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have extremes and beautiful landscape. Um, Thailand is busy, like really busy, especially Chiang Mai, Bangkok. But I, I kind of enjoyed the challenge of trying to break through language and cultural mm. barriers like that's nobody speaks english in yeah, thailand or, right. or if they do very little and it's very and it's, different it's a little bit of a challenge yeah which i enjoy yeah so, all right that's fun that is fun i'm i'm not going that direction partly because it's a setup yeah. question because we just had a team return from victoria yeah but i think that's my favorite mm. yeah it's where's victoria beautiful. what country is it in Canada, there you go. British Columbia. <laughs> Some people may not know. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yes, um, but we did have a team get back. But I love Victoria. Yeah, I really do. It's just a great place, and the team had a great trip. Just so mm-hmm. our listeners hear that, a um, lot of fruit. Heard from Ashley Austin, who was our partner there, mm-hmm. and he was very complimentary and excited about what the Lord had done. So, thank you, Broadmore. That's great. And it was a soccer camp, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yep. So, good deal. All right. So, um, Josh, you're back in the pulpit, man. Back in the game. Did you have stuff you wanted to say or what? Woo! Yes. Uh, (laughs) And some of the stuff didn't make it. Like, one of the things I wanted to say was I am not built to be a stay-at-home dad. Uh, I've learned that over the two weeks off. Uh Uh-huh. And I really appreciate my wife. Yep. And how she loves our kids and handles our house. And she does an outstanding job. And if she ever asked me for anything ever, not that I would ever not give it to her, but she could she have it, it and then some. All um, right. Because she she deserves way more than 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 she has and I could ever give her. So I'm thankful, thankful for her. Yeah. But Thank it was great not. to be back, man. I love I love preaching. I was telling uh some of the guys earlier today. It's always um, you know, maybe a telling thing when you get back and you do something and you think, Am I gonna like this still? Like, am I still in love with this call? Am I still, mm. is this still a thing? Because for us, um, the way it works in ministry leave, we we are um, 
mandated really to take two weeks uh, consecutively off or more. at least or more <laughs> or take three and travel <laughs> right. the world. Right. You could do that. Um, but at least two. And for me, that first week off is always hard because I want to work. There's something in me that has a hard time letting go. But by that second week, I'm pretty good at being off. And, you know, I, I missed a couple of meetings that I think if it were to happen in the first week, I'd have been sad or anxious. By the second week, I wasn't sad mm. I missed that meeting. I wasn't sad about any of it. Like, I was enjoying my off time. And so I wondered if I, when I came back, would it be mm-hmm. as enjoyable? And it was more than mm-hmm. I thought it would be. It was so, so was this fun. your first time to be gone for two weeks back to back? No. Or do you um, always spread your vacation stuff out a no, lot? I, yeah, I try to spread them out. But last year was the first year that I did it. Uh, but it was it was unique because I, mm-hmm. I think I left late because something had happened and I came back early because something had happened. And, of course, they were like, that's not what it's designed to do. Next year you're taking the <laughs> full the 14, full right. yeah. 14 days. So technically this is the first time I did that in its entirety. But it was great. Good. Loved it. Well, it was great to have you back. Man. Really, really good Sunday. And uh, you had a buddy up there leading us in worship who yeah. was awesome. Corey Carr. Yeah, man. He's that's a good twice dude. he's led for us. That's right. Um, yeah, he was here on the 10th, um, one of the Sundays that I was supposed to be out, but I came back um, because Gideon, my son, my 14-year-old, who is 14 tomorrow, so happy birthday, happy birthday. Gideon. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was like, Dad, if we're in town, we're going to church. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're going to church. <laughs> Got a good dress. Um, yeah, so he came in. He's the worship pastor at New Palestine, and um, dude, he is he is fantastic. He is. So I was just thankful that uh, New Palestine shared him with us yeah. for two weeks, and uh, they are back. And he started Vacation Bible School this morning, mm. uh, back at his church. So yeah, back it's a great day. Well, it was a really, really good day. We uh, revisited a, an old favorite children's story that we all remember, and um, a, a song which you did sing just a little, a bit. little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, sing song. Appreciate, appreciate that. So we we studied Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. And um, man, it was it was good. Uh, how do you, how do you feel it, it went as far as just what you felt like you wanted to say? I know you said you had to cut some stuff out just to fit it in the time. Did uh, do you feel confident just in where you where you got to end up? Yeah, I think so. I think um, at the heart, I think it was, it was. I said what I wanted to say. Um, you know, there's always stuff that you mm-hmm. give. I think this is any teacher, any communicator. If you give us 30 minutes, we're going to wish we had 45. If you give us two hours, we wish we had three. Um, we, we can always put more in, right. I think. You know, right. Um, the, the part of being a, a better communicator is yeah. knowing what is right to cut. Yeah. Um, and not just because of time, but because maybe some people are, right. are tired of listening to you. Well, if, uh, if you were here Sunday, you know we were part of a series. Mm-hmm. This was week three of a relationship series. Right. And um, the first two weeks were uh, Preston Crow and then Neil Marsh. And then you came in this Sunday and, and went with Zacchaeus. And I, I think you made a, a point right at the beginning to remind us of something. As we're in the middle of this relationship series, you wanted to make a, a real conscious effort to say, hey, let's not forget what the end goal is. Um, the end goal is not just healthy relationships. That's right. But uh, comment on that for yeah, a second. Yeah, so, I I, it's you know, point. I, this is, I don't think this is unique to me for sure, but I, I think the call on every saved person's life is is to be a disciple maker, uh, to be to be someone who sees their life as, as something to be leveraged to, to, to make Christ's name known, uh, and we fulfill the Great Commission, right? Mm. Uh, and so when we get into series like this that are, that are more topical in nature, um, that, you know, they're if you're if you're listening to it critically, 
Uh, and critically doesn't have to be critically bad, but if you're just critical about it, you would say, okay, this is different than a typical sermon because the sermon is always, is more than likely always, driven by the text. Mm-hmm. So, so you're going to say, open your Bible to this verse, and you're going to preach from that text. Well, that's a little, been a little bit different than we've done over the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Uh, and, and not to say that that's not good. Uh, it's definitely not saying that that was bad. Uh, it's just different than what we typically do. And so if we're not careful in those days, we, we can believe that, okay, there's sermons, and then there's, there's growth in the Word, and then there's healthy relationships. Well, they're all for a greater purpose, right. right? And so the reason we believe this Art of Relationship series was important enough to make it a Sunday morning initiative during the preaching hour is because we believe to make disciples is relational. It's highly relational. We're created for relationships. And if our relationships aren't healthy with one another, we're going to have a really hard time making disciples. So my, my hope was week three, what we did yesterday or what we did this past Sunday, is tying it all together with understanding the big call in our life when, when we stand before the Father and mm-hmm. we give an account for what we have done with what he has trusted to us. It is to accomplish the task that he's called us to do. And we hope to be relationally healthy as we do it. That's good. Um, we're, we'll get into this in just a, f- a few minutes, but um, I know in our life groups, uh, that I think some of them studied the um, the woman at the well, right? right. Yep. And then uh, on, on this one, we went to the rich young, you also compared Zacchaeus to the rich young ruler. Um, there's some common threads in all three of those stories. Um, Sean, I know you guys, y'all looked at some of that um, material on the woman at the well. What what did y'all see as a common thread that that helps drive home the point of what Josh was just talking about? How do we how do we get to healthy relationships? Because it, it, I, I think we would all agree Jesus is the initiator here. Right. Where do those threads? Yeah, how, I, th- I think one of the things just right off the bat, um, Zacchaeus, um, which by the way he was a short man. Which I enjoy. Um, so, uh, so, oh boy. So, uh, Jesus desires all laughing. people to be saved. All right. So, uh, but no, you have woman at the well, Zacchaeus, rich and ruler. I think there's just in the vein of disciple making, Jesus is teaching us really one of the ways and one of the things we need to do to go about disciple making. And I think is lift your eyes and mm. look at the people, mm. right? Um, so he sees this rich young ruler approaching him. He sees Zacchaeus in the tree. He sees this woman at the well. Um, you know, a lot of times we think about disciple making and we get to the, we get to the end of it thinking about how we're going to make the disciple. What's, what progress are we going to make? What curriculum? What do we need to cover? What do we need to teach them? Well, the first step is just seeing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, taking a moment to see those around you, mm. uh, whether that be in your workplace, your home, even your church, like to, to lift your eyes. Sometimes we get so f- task focused, um, like Jesus was headed somewhere in all of these instances, right? That's right. But he took a moment to look at someone, to call them by name, mm. to dive into their story, all for the sake of he, he wanted them to, to know him. That's good. And, and you have even in the rich young ruler, he's approaching Jesus. Jesus receives him, but ultimately the rich young ruler turns away and doesn't uh, respond to Jesus. But Jesus still in that moment is seeing him, welcoming him, engaging him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's just one thing. Uh, I think there's lots of other things. Well, um, well, too, is Jesus is meeting them where they are. Where they are. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. big. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, even the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. He knows mm-hmm. her story before she gets there, and then they engage in the conversation, right. which he started, mm-hmm. by the way, yes. with Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. He starts started it by looking up and seeing him, but he mm-hmm. knew, like, come, I'm coming to your house. That was a big deal for Zacchaeus. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit pregame. Tell us, yeah. um, Melinda, just a little bit what we said about who Zacchaeus was how he was viewed, and then how significant it was for, for Jesus to, to yeah. say, hey, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we talked about it. He wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief mm-hmm. of tax collectors. Mm-hmm. He was very rich. And, and in that day and time in that culture, tax collectors were viewed as Jewish people who had sold out right. to, the, to the authorities and not well looked upon. We even talked about, I mean, when social status, that was at the bottom. So... Mm. I mean, you think about it, having people into your home, would people have come? That's right. How often probably did he have people? I'm thinking not. Right. I'm thinking not. So here Jesus is coming, knows that. Mm -hmm. He knows his history. He knows where he is. He looks up in the tree and says, hey, I'm going to your house today. And boy, can you imagine (laughs) how fast he came down out of that tree? The excitement of having Mm. someone speak kindly right. to him, mm-hmm. knows who he is, and is coming to his house. Right. Um, I think that changed Zacchaeus' world Absolutely. completely. And Jesus did it in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the secret, behind the scenes, whatever. Same thing with the woman at the well. When she That's went right. to tell the people, they yeah. came back. It wasn't a secret, you know, there. Yeah. So um, it's, it's I a, just... It's a great picture. Mm-hmm. It really is, just of, of Jesus, who he is. And Zacchaeus's response, Zacchaeus's man, that's a hard word to say. <laughs> but how he responded in that moment was was cool. Uh, Sean, you're yeah, giving, I was, I giving you, me the... You made, like, there was a mention in the sermon about how this concept is kind of lost yeah. in our culture. I think bit. it is lost on us. But, yeah. Because if, you know, we were just talking about other countries we visit, in a lot of other cultures, it's an honor mm-hmm. when someone comes to your home. Mm-hmm. And... Just in America, we're, we're, we tend to bend in the other direction. Like, <laughs> please don't let anybody come over to my house, yeah. right? Um, Let's go meet at the restaurant. Yeah. Right, that's yes. right. And, and so, so I think we need to understand that, too, in some yeah. of the culture for Jesus to say, hey, I'm coming to your house. Mm-hmm. But the Jewish people, that is hospitality. Right. Like this means that. more to them than even to here in the, America. I mean, that's right. and it has for yeah. All, right. all the time. I mean, That's that right. was a big thing. Hospitality. Yeah. You offered hospitality. Yeah. To sit at the table mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I picture, I mean, Jesus was the man at that moment. All these crowds were pressing to see him. And what that felt like for Zacchaeus to say, that guy noticed me mm-hmm. and wants to spend time with me, like wants to come to my home. And did and did you notice that he jumped immediately to how he should repent? Well, that's Jesus didn't yeah. even say. No, well, that's exactly <laughs> right. That I mean, that was what jumped out at me too. I put that in my notes. Yeah, was like he wasn't afraid. He didn't hide. Mm-hmm. There was a, an internal response that said, I, "I need to repent. I need to make things right here." And right. he made that decision. That's right. I, so I, I do think there was an aspect though, because this was a public thing, right? Um, when when the public sees what happened, like you ever heard the term the scandal of grace, 
like I think this is a picture of of that that phrase. This it was so scandalous, and, and to the point where the crowd grumbles. <laughs> and right, what, what yeah. are they saying when they grumble? How dare he go to to that house, to the house of a sinner? Well, I think in his repentance, Zacchaeus is is responding to what they're saying. Because that accusation, from what we read and how we read it, would be a public accusation. Mm-hmm. Now, they are speaking against Jesus, right? So they're, they're saying, Jesus is the one. How is he going to the sinner? And Zacchaeus is like, yeah, you know what? I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. And, but but let, me, let me tell you what. Let me tell you, let me tell you how I'm different now. Right. If I'm, I'm going to give away half of my wealth. I'm going to, if I've defrauded anyone, I'm going to give it back fourfold. Right. So a lot of times we, we, we look at this relationship with Christ is a very private thing. And I think it is, and I think it can be, but I think there's a beautiful public aspect to Zacchaeus here, Uh um, that all of this seems to be unfolding in real time to Melinda's point in front of great crowds. Right. And, and I, I don't know who said it. I don't know how they said it, but it was evidently said in a way to cause Zacchaeus to to acknowledge, you know what? I am, Uh I am a sinner. I have, I've sold all of you out. Uh And there, there could have been people in that room. And again, we're, this is conjecture, right? But there could have been people in that crowd because it's evidently where Zacchaeus lives and does his dirty work. When he says, I'm going to pay him back fourfold, there's probably people there that he stole from. That's right. For sure. And so it, in, in some, like, if, if you're fleshing this whole thing out, and again, it didn't say this, but if, if, we're, if we're allowing it to flesh out... He is not only repenting and saying, I am sorry for the sin that I've done, but he's immediately running to make it right to the people mm-hmm. who are casting judgment on his, his sinful state, That's right. which is a beautiful picture of, I believe, biblical repentance. Yeah, repentance. I think, That's right. uh, you pointed us to Leviticus 6, six I'm, five, I'm terrible, yeah, yeah 6, 5. Um, the whole idea, I repay plus 20%. Mm-hmm. So active repentance, I believe... There's some other places, too, that, that say there's also a, a sense of another step beyond that, mm-hmm. like to restoration. Like, so now I give more, but then Zacchaeus even goes beyond that. So you not only see repentance, but you see restoration for those people, right. but then you see giving beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like, so really the evidence of a changed life, yeah. like, like I'm no longer thinking about just doing the minimal. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. I'm, I'm, I'm going mm-hmm. out of extravagance now. Yeah. And so, um, so you see, see that in that moment as well. Like he's yep. mm, that's right. not just wanting to go, hey, I just, I'm going to do what it says. Yeah. And, and I didn't say this yesterday, so feel free to push back on this as you guys are, are listening and, and thinking through it. But like when he says prior to the, the transactional stuff, right, prior to I'm going to pay it back fourfold, he says, I'm going to give away half of, of my wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know there are some people who are so wealthy, they can give away half of their wealth and they're still incredibly wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, we're not talking Elon Musk here, but maybe we are. I, I don't know uh, how much money Zacchaeus had. But the fact that, that he was rich, like that was the descriptor in the beginning that Luke chose to use uh, to talk about him because we only have Zacchaeus here in Luke. And so, so for him to use that descriptor, but at the end, he sell, uh, like in his own self takes away that rich component and says, I don't want that to be what I'm known as anymore. Mm-hmm. 
So he takes that out and gives it away. I don't, I don't want it because that's not my identity that's anymore. Right. And I think that's, that's a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Also, when, when we are radically changed by the love of Christ, the stuff that we used to love and the things that we used to be known for are no longer the things that we desire to love and to be known for that's great. still. Um, and I think to keep going with that, I think you saw that in the um, the woman at the well too. Yeah, I think a that's, brand new identity, yep. brand new understanding of who she was, changed her life forever. Yeah, um, it leads to um, a question that that I think we want to ask here on how God's love for us, or how Jesus's interaction, to be more specific to the story how that changes our hearts and puts us in a position to be loving toward others. You you went so far as to say, I th- I'm not going to say it exactly right, but something along the lines, until, until you have received God's love for you and understand His love for you, you're really not capable of loving others fully. Um, and and I, think, I think we would all agree with that, but the question that that came to my mind immediately was, what about the unchurched in the room? Or what about the the, the audience who doesn't know Jesus? Are, are we saying to them, you don't have an, you don't have the capacity to love? Mm. What what are you saying in that? I mean, I, you and I have talked about it, and, and, yeah. and I agree with you, but man, if you're talking to an unbeliever, what, mm. what would you say to him in that and, mm. and what you meant by that? Yeah, I, so great question. And I uh, so yesterday, as I preach, um, and, and this will this will bring in you know the or um, your your method of preaching, right? What who who are you preaching to when you preach on a Sunday? Uh, my estimation is the Sunday morning is for the believer, right? Um, so when we gather, I, I would love for lost people to be there. I'd love for them to hear the gospel. I'd love for them mm-hmm. to turn from their sinful ways and trust in Christ for salvation. But primarily. My preaching is geared towards the, shepherding the flock. The, that's right, the, the Christian, the one who have already repented of sin and trusted in Christ. And so when I make that statement, it was never meant to be a shock statement. It was never meant to be um, something that, that, that captures the attention, but it was more just like really truthful because I remember early on in our marriage, mine and Katie's marriage, and we are um, sorting through, we're not loving each other well. And, and we're trying to figure out, you know, self-help books and, and trying to sort this out. And, uh, and it came down to our relationship with, with the father wasn't great at the time or, it, it, you know, as all of us, it could grow, but we weren't actively pursuing that growth uh, as much as we should. Uh, and what we found is as we grew in the Lord, we ended up growing to love each other more. Absolutely. Um, and so whenever we love with the lens, I'm going to love her and she's going to love me in the way that the Father has loved us. Uh-huh. And so that will be forgiveness. That will be um, unconditional in the sense of your actions aren't tallying up good love uh, and then your, your bad actions are then taking away from that. And so we don't, we don't come in walking on eggshells. We're worried about you know, messing it up, that we have this idea that right now in, in God, we are loved completely. Mm. There's, there's never more love coming. We, we have it fully. Uh, and here's the, the beauty of that. There's never a moment that God will ever take his love away. Right. Um, and and we, we get that from, from the New Testament. We get that primarily from Romans chapter 8. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God if you are in Christ, mm-hmm. right? So, so in, in my mind, as we look to this Art of Relationship series, 
we can do all the self-help stuff. I can give you six handles and four practices and read these six books. But ultimately, if you if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. if if you have not been restored to the Father through the work of the Son, then it I believe, this is my belief and it's a core belief, we are incapable of fully loving anyone that's around us. And that is in the relationship of marriage, but that's in the relationship of parenting. That's the relationship of your work relationship or, or any interpersonal relationship that you have with anyone. Because if the love of God isn't driving that, then it's incomplete. That's exactly right. But, would, y'all, would y'all differ from that? Or say it differently, maybe in a, another way? I don't, I don't know that I, I don't differ from what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I sometimes I, I think if we are recognizing that, say, our, some of our relationships are struggling, how can I make this better? We recognize we need to make it better. What I thought I'm, I'm hearing you say is maybe our first step is to go back and say, okay, how am I loving myself? Mm-hmm. Because you said if we can't love ourselves, right. we can't love others. And, you know, there are times, and I see this with women all the time, there, there's an anxiety, mm-hmm. there's a depression, that's, I can't do this right, I'm a failure, mm-hmm. I'm a, you know, we, we're down on ourselves, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this. And I think that maybe that, re, that mm-hmm. relationship work, healthy relationships, got to start there. That's right. And then I think what, what I'm hearing you say is once we, we work on that, mm-hmm. And put God in that picture. God, help me to see myself as you see me. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And accepting the things that that I can't change, but help me to work to, to mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. the good things. That's right. Um, yeah. Then my relationships with others are going yeah. to get better because I'm able to to use the love. That's I right. guess that may not be the right you word. You give but love freely. Yes, right. because right. I feel that I'm getting right. God's love freely. Right. I can right. give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Does that I, make sense? It's perfect sense. You can't pour from an empty cup, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. If, if you have not filled yourself with the love of God, or that sounds like you could do that. If, if you don't allow the love of God to fill you, you will never be able to pour the love of God out to those that are around you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and where I think you took it in a place that is probably accurate for... 80, 90% of people, that's just throwing out some some numbers that probably aren't even close to true, uh, where they don't feel worthy or capable mm-hmm. of all those things. Mm-hmm. I think there's also the other end of that pendulum where you have people who are like maybe borderline narcissistic or just cross the border and they're just super <laughs> narcissistic. And they're like, yeah, of course you should love me, of course. And I think what the gospel does there as well is it 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 knocks those hard edges off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if you go back to the Zacchaeus story, I think I think that whenever the crowd is 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 muttering, murmuring, they're they're angry because Jesus didn't call their name. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've done these things. Like like why why would he call him? Like like he's the sinner. I'm and, and you know the thought. Like if you say he's the sinner, what are you saying about yourself? I'm not the sinner. Right. So right. they're the older brother in the prodigal son. They mm-hmm. they are the ones who. And I think what the gospel does is it knocks those hard edges off. And if God truly does oppose the proud, mm-hmm. but gives grace to the humble, then sometimes we need that that mm-hmm. edge knocked off as well before we are capable of truly being able to love. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even the narcissist lives under a lot of pressure. Oh yeah. He just hides it, and he feels. Like his being loved is because of something, mm-hmm. right. and so 
I would I would argue that even that guy doesn't feel truly deeply known and loved oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Not 100%, but I think a lot of times the narcissist sure. hides, yep. puts up an image. Um, but to keep going with the point, the way I we've said it before, loved people love people, mm-hmm. right? And when you don't feel loved, you go into protection mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Uh, I, I clam up. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to look stupid. And 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 I I know that about me. And I watch it in my kids when man, they can be so cold and rude, and I can come across as very cold mm-hmm. and rude and unkind. I don't feel like taking the initiative. I just want to kind of. Well, the reason is is because I'm trying to protect myself. Mm. Um, when I feel loved and accepted, then I drop all that, mm-hmm. and I am more free, Melinda, what you were saying, to let go of all that and love others. Um, and so I, I think when when we talk about this sermon series and people say, why did Josh preach on this? I mm-hmm. thought we were doing... A relationship series. Yeah, uh, this is it. This is it. Yeah. That's right. This is the foundational piece of of how we mm-hmm. live in relationship. If we're not loved, like Zacchaeus experienced the love That's of right. Jesus that day, we're not going to be able to show. Yeah, it. and and to that point, and we didn't go into it on Sunday, but I think it is always great to remember this good news of the gospel. Zacchaeus didn't fix himself up That's right. for Jesus to come. Like he wasn't alluring him by good works or good efforts or even potential into the future. And I think for us, that's a good thing to remember because for a lot of people, and as Melinda was, was talking about in her example, I think we, as, as, as a whole, we don't feel worthy. Mm. And, and I think that is the beauty of the gospel. We're not. That's right. We're not worthy, but worthy doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm. Like God is just gracious and he is good. That's why by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not because you did anything. It's because he's just good and he's kind and he loves to save. So I, I think that's good for us to remember. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm pausing for you, Sean. Sean looked like you had good. something to say. I, I thought maybe I, you had something. I think something. I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, all right. Corey, you going to get mad at me if I drop in one more? Oh, boy. All right. Did he just say no, wrap it up? No, say, he said keep rolling. No, keep going. All right. <laughs> had to check with the boss. All right. Um, so He throws stuff at you when he yeah. says you're done. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to throw this one out there and listen to the scholars talk through this. All right, Melinda, get ready. Yeah. This is yeah. um, so there's the this uh, the Jews are God's chosen people. And so um the 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 assumption is that among the Jews is that all Jews all Jews go to heaven. And even back then if you were a Jew, you were his chosen so you went to heaven. Um in this instance that leads us to the question of Zacchaeus was a Jew, um, and it's pretty clear that he was restored and given a new position mm-hmm. as a you know, and and his his heavenly future was secure. Right. What does that tell us theologically about this idea of being grafted in? Do we want to go into that 
that language. Whoa, baby. And we had 30 seconds left. Is that what you're, <laughs> that's what we're jumping into? That's not what Corey Super told cool. me. I, I, thought, I thought we were getting close to the end. I no. thought we were dodging the bullet, Melinda. No. Here we are. I, I just think it this this sets us up to at least hit it. And I know you'll hit it again in Romans. Yeah, it's coming in Romans that. for sure. But I think we, we do have something here that, that gives us some... Uh, some idea of where we're going to go there. Sure. Well, look, I'll reserve my comments, and I would love to hear from uh, Melinda and Sean. Yes. So I think it's reflected in this son of Abraham. And Mark. Nope. I so asked. Son, son of Abraham, uh, I think in in the sermon, you pointed to it, and I, I think it's both and, right? There's a restoration here that, um, in the sense that Zacchaeus has betrayed um, his people. His people. Yeah. Like, he is... He's an outcast now. They they want nothing to do with him. They they are they're now ranking. If you think about social status, they're putting tax collector below sinner, right? Like they mm. they group those in the same. So these are people that are cut off from not only their um, ethnic identity, but now they're also saying you've you've done something so bad, you're not worthy of experiencing the things that we experience, right? And so there's a sense that when Jesus calls him a son of Abraham, there's a point of restoration mm-hmm. back into that community. But I also think he's pointing back to what is it that really made Abraham a son in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that was, and we see it in Romans, you're going to see it in Hebrews, that that ultimately Jesus is pointing to faith right. is the thing that categorizes Abraham as a son, and and there's the beginning of that covenant that he makes with Abraham because of faith, um, and so um, so in this I think with Zacchaeus, it's not that all of a sudden he's reestablishing his Jewish identity and right. is now saved because he really is a Jew. No, he's he's transformed and he's. Uh, redeemed and he's restored because of his faith in who Christ is mm-hmm. and and what what Christ brings to the table, not who he is ethnically or culturally or socially. Right. No, my my identity now is in Christ and Christ alone. Um, and so, in calling him a son of Abraham, it's not only restoration but also him saying this is a man of faith. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would land that it's faith that ultimately saves, not ethnic. Identity, right? And so, um, so there's nothing culturally, socially, ethnically that saves us. It is our salvation is in Christ alone um, through faith. That's right. It's what our faith is is mm-hmm. based upon and put yeah. in. That's right, Melinda. Yes, how would you say I would, that? I would agree with that. And when I was reading this, when you were talking about it, when he calls him the son of Abraham, my first thoughts were he is reestablishing him among that community mm-hmm. because they had kind of excommunicated yeah, him. But this was restoring him back to, okay, this is your brother. But then he also goes on and says, today salvation has come, come to your earth, house, yeah, which is completely mm-hmm. different than that's saying right. the son of Abraham. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we get uh-huh. into the faith. He had a changed heart. Yeah. He was going to be a new person by his proclamation of I'm going to give, you know, half of my income, wealth and, and restore. Mm-hmm. Um, he was making, I think, that faith statement that mm-hmm. I am going to be a follower of That's Jesus right. because he saw Jesus. He's, he'd heard about Jesus. Right. Let's face it. He was seeking to to get an, his eyes That's on right. Jesus. I mean, you want to see the show? Climbing the sycamore tree was not going to be 
I mean, that was going to probably be kind of a little bit embarrassing if anybody found out, mm-hmm. you know? That just, yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was in that day. He yeah. wasn't a child anymore, but just kind of <laughs> reminds you, those who come into the kingdom, if that's <laughs> right, got to right. come as a child. Right. Well, this was where Zacchaeus was. Yeah. 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 But um, I do think you're right. And, and throughout Jesus' ministry, how many Jews did he encounter mm-hmm. that did not have the faith? That's right. That that was going to be required mm-hmm. of them to have eternal life. So I guess in my mind, there's not really that picture, but I can see where others might mm-hmm. think of, yeah. of that. They are the jo- chosen people, but they were chosen to, to be the standard, and they had access right. to the law. That, the, they did. The, what that nobody else the, had. The, um, the prime, what is it called? The, Uh-oh. I don't know. Keep going, though. The standard. What is it? What yeah. is it called? You know, plumbers use the plumber. Oh, the plumber. Plumber. Yes. Yeah. Look, I thought you had to go Optimus Prime with something, <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was all over. I was like, yes, go, go. The plumb line. Yes, that's right. Yes. The, yeah. the other thing that comes about is if, if I embrace that whole idea that if I'm just a Jew yeah. that I'm in, if I embrace that, I have a I have a theological complication with things that Jesus says. Yes, sir. Yeah, you do. Um, when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Right. If there, So Jesus establishes there's only one way of salvation, and if I go say there's some other That's way right. out there, yeah. then I'm making Jesus out to be a liar. That's right. That's and so, um, yeah. And so, I, and there's other, other issues too. I mean, but, but just if I start creating other mm-hmm. ways to be saved, then... Then the gospel doesn't matter anymore, right? That's right. Yeah. And so, so I think um, where where we find ourselves is uh, a really strange understanding of of covenant theology, hmm. uh, and it's you know why do why do some people believe that just because you're Jewish or from Jewish descent that you're you're automatically a part of the chosen people and you will you will just automatically be saved? I think it is a, a just a misunderstanding of that covenant theology because we we've had some friends uh, and friends is probably a loose term some acquaintances that we have known that we've done a little bit of life with. Um, that they were they were all but ag- agnostic, um, you know, probably not full on atheist, but at least you know maybe there is something. And then they decided on a religion, and they wanted to be Jewish. Uh, and so they started, you know, having having seder's, and and they would they would sit together, and they would go to 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 Jewish worship services, and you know, to ask them, you know, what, why of of all the things, and to know their life, why why right. this? And they're like, well, this is the only one that guarantees me get into heaven. Like, whoa. T- Time out. What are we? What do you mean? Right. Well, all Jewish people are going to be saved. So again, I, I think there there is a a misunderstood mm. covenant yeah. theology mm. that although the covenant was made with Abraham, that mm-hmm. all of his descendants would be in the family of God. Uh, I think where we get into the New Testament, why it's really important that we have it, and why it's why it's it has to be trustworthy for us to know that 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 is as authoritative as the. The covenant made with Abraham whenever the Apostle Paul is writing in Romans. And when we get to the whole book of Hebrews, uh-huh. it's this idea of, man, what about the Gentiles? What about those who were not a part of that that bloodline, as it were, but by God's grace, they're able to be brought in? And then, as, as we're going to see when we study in Romans, the only reason we got that opportunity is because the Jews didn't believe Rejected. that was the Christ. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so God said, well, I want to make them away. And that was the call on the Apostle Paul's life to go and be the messenger for the Gentiles, that for a season, while the Jews 
uh, rejected Christ, that the Gentiles could come and be grafted in. And the whole beautiful picture of grafting my mom, green thumb. I have a very black thumb, uh, but she has a green thumb. She would take pick, uh, you know, she would go pick off people's trees. And I remember family <laughs> vacations, we'd stop on the side of the road and she'd go pick stuff randomly. I'm like, mom, what are you doing with the dead bush? She goes, no, it's going to live. She'd bring it home and cut it and put it into something else. Then the whole plant transforms into whatever it's grafted into. Wow. And so it's a really cool thing. And the picture that the apostle Paul paints for us is when we are grafted in, although we were an outsider because of the work of Christ, we are changed and we now take on the root system that we are attached to. Wow. And so it's not because, to Sean's point, because you have done something, like you, you didn't earn this. It's not because of who your grandparents were. They didn't earn this. It's because of who God is and his gracious nature towards you. So what do you have to do to be saved? You have to have faith in Jesus Christ. Hmm. It is the faith, the same faith that saved Abraham and his family. That's right. It's the same faith that saved us. It'll be the same faith that saves the lost world that is that is dying around us. And That's so good. the hope is not we're not trying to make people try harder to be better. We're not right. trying to to do behavior mod. Uh, our hope is to present an actual an ac an accurate picture of Jesus Christ, uh, and a hope that they will see Him and by God's grace repent of a sinful life put their hope and trust in him. And we see a change radically like we saw in Zacchaeus, hopefully a change that has happened in our own lives as well. That's good. That's good. Well, I think uh, you just you just landed the plane for we us. Good thing because Corey is balling you. up something to throw at you. I, our time is right, done. fine. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, if, if you are listening, um, we really are grateful. Mm -hmm. But we, we do pray, I think, collectively that you will sense the Lord's love for you. Yeah. Um, and... That, that that you will sit with him, read his word, and understand how much he loves you and understand that grace that you were just mm -hmm. speaking of and, and let that transform your heart. Um, Zacchaeus joyfully repented mm -hmm. because his heart had been changed by the goodness of God. Yeah. And uh, and that's our prayer. So Yeah, man. Good stuff, Josh. And Thanks, man. Melinda hey, you led well and today. Sean, thank you, man. Yeah. Good it. job leading us in this oh, discussion. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're pretty good. <laughs> Let's see how you do in your intro. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm scared to death. <laughs> All right. Anything we need to talk about this week? We're good? Any, no. I guess we have... Wrapping, um, wrapping up the... Uh, wrapping up the Art of last, Relationship series. Mm -hmm. Last week of the Relationship series, yeah. and then uh, back to school. The big, yeah. yes. big, big kickoff yeah. Sunday is August 7th, Praise so it's God coming. God from... Right yes. so, uh, and August 3rd. Yes, we've got a, yes, yes. We've got a prayer, a prayer time That's Wednesday right. night, August third, six fifteen in the venue. We're going to pray for our students, for our students' leaders, mm -hmm. for the schools. Don't miss it. Yep. Thank you for great. mentioning that. That's yeah. going to be good. August third. Mm -hmm. All right. Good deal. All right, guys. We all have a good one. All right. Love you. It. Love, Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others, and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.